Jay, did you know they still make episodes of The Walking Dead? Why? I don't know. <laughs> I'll like, like when did you stop watching? I stopped. We were still in college. Uh, yeah. I want to say in I fact, stopped watching. We, did we used to watch it together? Sometimes. Yeah. I remember. So I had a I had a roommate in college who had read the entirety at the time of every every comic that had been published. Like that wow. was his thing. He loved the comic of The Walking Dead. Wow. And so we had talked about just like I had I kept up kind of passively with him just like reading the plots and keeping up with kind of where he is so he would have a sounding board about his opinions on the on the book. Before I really get into this if you're if you're new to the show, we are generally pretty spoiler heavy. Very. So preface that with if you want to read this at this point fairly old comic book, it's been out for a second, or watch this again decently old show that's been going for I would say well over a decade at this point. Oh yeah. Then maybe pause here and come back to us in like three years when you catch up on The Walking Dead. <laughs> uh, but when they, when Negan did his eeny, meeny, miny, mo, Yes. And they had that incredible cliffhanger, which from a creative standpoint is absolutely everything you want in a show. Yeah. From a production standpoint, you're like, that's going to keep them talking about us all summer. Or if they had a, a, their season break was over the winter. It was like, this will keep them talking about us until we come back. Right. Because one of the season finales ends with Negan bashing somebody's skull in. Somebody. And you're not sure who. And in the comics, that's Glenn. Glenn gets killed. It's grotesque. His eye is like hanging out of the socket halfway down his face. And it's just, it's gory. It's it's a not-for-children zombie comic. They get back. The season premiere, they kill Abraham a character who was kind of a composite of other characters from the comic book. And then they killed Glenn too, because they had kind of danced around like, you know, not everything's going to be like it was in the book, alluding to the fact that Glenn was going to live. Yeah. And then he did. And then he, he died. He died. Yeah. And then they wrote off Rick. They wrote off Carl. They wrote off all of these long-term characters that are also in the book very important and have different plots and when they started getting so separate i was like nah i'm out glenn was one of my favorite characters just distancing that far from source material is not something that i'm really down with well i did know that they had also made a spin-off series called Fear the Walking Dead, which I actually watched the first season when it originally came out. It wasn't bad. It was cool to see it from a different point of view. Plus, we got to see the beginnings of the zombie, the the, the Walking Dead breakout. So I did enjoy that part of it. But ultimately... It was just the same show, just different characters. But yeah, I stopped watching after that season where Glenn died. 
that was the last season I watched, actually. And then, I th- if I remember correctly, they're coming out with a third show. They are, and it's... A completely separate show. And it's the future. It's like The Walking Dead, but like 15, 20 years in the future. Mm-hmm. So it's like the generation that grew up even from a young age with the zombies. I feel like that has potential, but kind of something you run into when you try to build something in an established universe, fans of the source material are probably never going to be satisfied. No. For for context, compare it to something like The Mandalorian, which... In season one, it was largely standalone, right? Right. They didn't introduce... I don't know that they introduced really any original series or or more mainstream characters. But once they got into season two, it was fan service the season. Yeah. Like, almost every episode was like, ah, yes, this character from before. This character everyone loves. These just incredible cameos. And it's like... They might have overdone it because season three is like, what, what do they do? Yeah. What's left? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's, there's definitely a fine line with establishing new IP in an established universe. Right. IP is intellectual property. I throw that around a lot and most people might not know what it is. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. Nope. No, no, no. No superheroes here. Just Jay and John. Welcome to the nerdiest podcast you'll ever hear. They didn't ask us. Several minutes into the show, welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am Jay, and with me, of course, is my co-host, John. We are back again for yet another episode of your favorite topic, all things nerdum, nerd, nerdy nerd culture, video games, TV shows, movies, comic books, you name it, we'll do it. Well, not anything, but you know. But I won't do that. Well, yeah, first I, up, I, I apologize for the extended rant at the beginning of this, but I do tend to rabbit hole down things, and that was like the third rabbit hole of the night. I enjoy and the it. only one that was recorded. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy. I enjoy going going down a rabbit hole. It, it can be a lot of fun sometimes. So I want to talk about probably the what I consider some of the biggest news. Over the past few weeks, John, we are getting another Mortal Kombat movie, but this time it's for real. <laughs> Meaning, the one death that comes out in like a month, gore and yeah. So I was I was scrolling through Twitter when I was at work. Please don't tell my boss, and I saw that the Mortal Kombat movie had released a Red Band trailer. Which, for those of you who don't know, Red Band trailers are typically pretty rare for wide-release movies. 
because the differentiation is so think of the last time you went to the movies which at this point was probably like two years ago for normal people and what's a movie theater okay so it's like netflix but you pay every time you use it oh what and you sit in like mildly uncomfortable seats but you have popcorn so do i have to wear pants i mean into the theater (laughs) it's a pretty dark room so you do you but typically think back you know you sit down you've got your popcorn your your drink and the trailers start and there's that green uh that green screen it says the mpaa has approved this trailer for all audiences on a red band trailer it does not say that i don't know what it says off the top of my head but a red band trailer tells you immediately this trailer itself is going to be rated r right there's going to be gratuitous violence, language, sex, other types of R-rated content in the trailer alone. And that's intense. So it's it sets a different expectation. And I remember thinking like, oh yeah, I'll watch this when I get home. And then I didn't. That was probably for the best. Yeah. Honestly. I I saw that too. And I thought to myself, I want to watch this. But I already know the horrible, nightmare-filled stuff that I'm going to be watching. So I was like, yeah, you know what, I'm good. Because if you don't know anything about Mortal Kombat, first off, where have you been? Yeah. But it is infamously one of the most debated video games in the industry due to its intense violence, even though when it first came out, the violence compared to what it is today, and there's a siren going by and they're gone. (laughs) The level of intensity today is a thousand times higher than it was when it first came out. But even when it first came out, I, I want to say, John, correct me, I I might be wrong, but it was the first video game that featured blood. Am I I correct in saying that? I don't know that off the top of my head. I feel like that would be between Mortal Kombat and Doom, because I think of them in the same era. But talking about how you don't, like, you wouldn't think about watching original Mortal Kombat now and understanding the outrage... In, in 1960, when Alfred Hitchcock made Psycho, it was revolutionary that he featured a flushing toilet. That was wow. something that was, you can't do that. You can't put that on film. And then he did, and he was basically like, what are you going to do? So, as as time goes on, things that are controversial change. So, back in the day, when the first Mortal Kombat came out... It was exactly like Jay's talking about. It was, how can this game be so violent and so, like, 8-bit? Or not 8-bit, probably like 16 or 64-bit. But it just featured a level of violence that up to that point was definitely not commonplace. I'm sure it existed, but it was fairly niche. You had to search for it. Yeah. And it's, it's what created the video game ratings so that people know what they're getting into before they start playing it. So rated M for mature 
for audiences over 18 due to the violence and everything else. But yeah, I think it was, I might be wrong about this too, but it was taken all the way to the Supreme Court here in the U.S. on if it should be removed from arcades or not. See, now you have my attention. I'm looking that up. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some really crazy history with it. I'm trying to skim because we are recording live, and I mean, I know you're going to clean this up some, but controversies surrounding Mortal Kombat has its own Wikipedia page. I believe it. That's ridiculous. So the first game came out in 1992, and it has been subject to controversies probably since before it came out, if we're being honest. 1993, so the the subsequent year, congressional hearings and response. So it did go to Congress. I don't know that it that it did end up going to the Supreme Court. Here's an interesting one. Up until 2015, every Mortal Kombat game was banned in Germany for 10 years from its release. Wow. So if a game was released in 2000, Germany didn't get it until 2010. Wow. That's, I mean, that's pretty intense. I've never heard of, of something like that. Yikes. But yeah, the violent, this is a direct quote from this page. The violent nature of the series, one of the earliest of its kind, has led to the creation and continued presence of the Entertainment Software Ratings Board, the ESRB, and other ratings boards for video games. Wow. So yeah, the from a from a long-term impact perspective, Mortal Kombat is one of the most important games to have ever existed. It did a lot for the industry. That's changed uh, it completely. That's one way to say it. <laughs> oh man. So this movie comes out Oh, where is it? Films, live action. Fairly soon. 2021. Release date, April 16th, 2021. So, for where we are now, that's just over a month. Yeah, I have to say, this is not a movie I'm going to be seeing. Just because I'm not the one for stuff like that so yeah i don't expect i will pay to see it i feel like this is one of those like once it gets on a streaming service and i'm just really bored like i'm not slamming the door closed on watching it sometime eventually but i also don't like research mortal Kombat canon and can tell you the you know, these characters have had this type of relationship all the way back to the first game. Like, that's not me. That's not my, like, specialist subject. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. I might see it eventually. Maybe. I'm largely apathetic to it, to be honest with you. Yeah, me too. Black Widow news. Is this it is going to release? Exciting. Is it going? That's all I care about. Will I be able to see it eventually? <laughs> the movie remains on track for a May 7th theatrical release. Uh, heard that before. 
I'll need to I'll need to believe that when I see it. Hold hold up, hold up, hold up. May seventh, theatrical release. Yes. Right? How yes. many how many episodes is Falcon and Winter Soldier? Is it six or seven? I don't know. Okay. I don't have a calendar in front of me, but the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier is next Friday. The 19th. The 19th of March. And then it would be every week until the end of the season. And that's about six or seven weeks. So Falcon Winter Soldier is going to walk us up to the currently scheduled Black Widow theatrical release. So if it's six weeks long, then that means it will end on April 23rd. If it's seven weeks long, it will end on April 30th, and then the next Friday will be the theatrical release of Black Widow. That's very interesting, because I was thinking about this earlier, and we'll we'll discuss it later with, with some of our WandaVision discussion, but I wonder if since Black Widow was supposed to release before Falcon and Winter Soldier, I wonder if there are going to be Black Widow characters in the show that might function as a kind of spoiler due to hmm. the, the time frame that we're working with here. Because Black Widow, the movie, takes place between Civil War and Infinity War, right? Because That's what we can assume, yeah. Again, spoilers, she's famously dead. Yes. She nobly sacrifices herself in Endgame. And it was... I, I teared up a little bit, I'll be honest with you, during that scene. It was a very emotionally charged scene. It was. But... That's that's the only time it could be. I'm I'm confident in saying... Black Widow movie takes place after Civil War. It could. Now, the only thing we have to ask, though, is... Or, or the question that comes up for me is... Would Disney release a show that they know would feature spoilers? Because I, I don't feel like they would... I want to agree with you, but at the end of the day, as with not all, but most companies, Disney is owned by the almighty dollar. So. I thought you were going to say the almighty Mickey. Well, I mean, at, at this point, most companies do have deference to the almighty mouse, but I, I honestly don't know. I think it's a, I think it's an interesting talking point. From here until the end of the end of hopefully season one of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Cause I honestly wouldn't I don't know that I would be surprised either way. Cause I get kind of the kind of the vibe that I have with Black Widow is the same opinion that I have about Rogue One. Which because of the time frame of it, with it taking place between two defined events you know what's gonna happen right so you know the the red guardian and the other black widow characters haven't been referenced in anything else and you know taskmaster the villain 
of of the movie hasn't been featured in anything else. So it, it does kind of feel like this is going to be potentially for the first time in the MCU an entirely self-contained movie. Potentially, yes. Potentially. Yeah. I hope it's not because I mean that's that's been the greatest strength of the MCU to this point is the interweaving of all of these separate plots. I just don't know how that's possible. Yeah. They'll do it. They'll do it in some miraculous way and we'll walk away from it going, Whoa, that was crazy. That you're not wrong. <laughs> I feel, I feel personally attacked. <laughs> I mean, seriously, every time you walk out of a Marvel movie, it doesn't matter what it is, you walk away from it going, that was good. Even Thor The Dark World, you know, when it first came out, like, you still walked away from it going, eh, that was pretty good. I, so, Thor The Dark World came out, when would that have been? Was it 2014? Ages ago. I, so it came out around Thanksgiving, and I know because I was at um, Thanksgiving with my family, and my, I think at the time, it, my girlfriend, Meg, who is now my wife, and my younger sister went to go see the movie, as opposed to spending that like awkwardly necessitated family time with family. And even then, I was like... I mean, the movie's not great, but I also didn't have to spend time with family. Because it's, it's different when you choose to do it, and then when you're obligated to do it, and spending time with family out of obligation isn't genuine. In my opinion. Coming out guns blazing on this episode. <laughs> I mean, talking get, about the stuff that really matters. Right? And don't get me wrong, I love my family. They're, I mean, they're blood. But, I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky situation. It is. But that's, it is. that's my memory of Thor the Dark World. Was I stuffed my face and then I sat in a dark room. Which is probably the way to do Thanksgiving if we're being honest with ourselves. If... Being in a dark room, you mean going to sleep? Then yes. Stuff your face and then go to sleep. But go to sleep in the living room and whenever someone tries to change the channel, hey, I was watching that. (laughs) I was watching that. (laughs) This, This Zack Snyder cut of Justice League is I'm just I'm just ready for it to come out just so people will stop talking about it honestly at this point like I'm excited about it don't get me wrong but it seems to be the only thing that is ever being talked about there there's a reason for that it's because oh, I, it's one of the few things this month actually happening that's true and it is a big deal because it's in a in a way you can put which is weird to say 
but you can put Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, and Justice League in the same boat because fans complained enough to the point that they got what they wanted. I was real confused John for a was second. Like, what the I heck? was like, where is this going? I was like, Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> was the last movie we reviewed in theaters for the pod. And we're not going to theaters for Justice League. Was it? It it was the last movie we went to theaters for, wasn't it? It was like February of last year. No, Onward was actually the last one. Okay. Onward is swiftly climbing the ranks of my like my Disney Pixar top to bottom ranking. Onward was actually the last movie that you and I reviewed together in the same room. Wow. I know, right? That hurts. <laughs> we haven't been in the same room in over a year. That hurts cuz that movie it like watching that movie for the first time feels like forever ago. Yeah, it does. Ouch. It really does. Isn't that wild? I forgot what I was going to talk about now because my my feelings are hurt. I know Um, we had the anniversary of that giant tornado was just a few weeks ago. Or I think just a week ago. It was the the first week of March. Yeah. Because I remember the the first soccer game for uh, Nashville SC was February 29th. That is how you would remember. (laughs) Well, it's a very defining (laughs) moment for for last year because it was February 29th a day that not every year has. And then that next week. So that first week of March was when the tornado happened because the next game was in Portland and the fans in Portland were incredibly open and positive of saying, what can we do to help? We want to help. And it was a reception that like me as a fan, I'll never forget that. And, I mean, obviously, being as, as far south as I am, I wasn't impacted by the tornado directly. But indirectly, everyone in this area was affected. So, I don't know. It was it was a weird series of weeks because there was a tornado, and then, like, two weeks after that, COVID shut stuff down in waves. Yes, it did. And then here we are. A year Here later, talking about how it's been three years since we've done anything, and golly, but comparing Sonic and Justice League is what took us down this rabbit hole, and remembering that's what it was, brought the train back on the tracks. So you were talking about how you are ready to see the door close on all of this Justice League Snyder Cut advertising. Yes. I'm ready for it to be done because odds are it's probably not going to go anywhere. This is the only thing from Zack Snyder we're going to get. I I seriously doubt they're going to make any movies based off of this movie. And so my fear is that it's just going to end, but it's not going to end well, and there's going to be a giant cliffhanger, and then nothing is ever going to come out of it. <laughs> that is my fear. That I absolutely agree with you. I would say not only is that my fear, it is my perverse expectation. Yes. 
because there. So what movies have come out since Justice League? We've had Wonder Woman eighty four, Aquaman, and that's it, right? A Suicide Squad, but Suicide Squad is its own separate entity at this point. Yes, but yeah, that's it. I mean, what are they gonna do? They, they're not gonna retcon two movies, no matter how good this movie is. Well, not only that, but they've already got so much planned. Yeah, but they've had so much be meh. I feel like you could rework plans at this point. It's true. You know, they've got another Superman movie in the works. Is Cavill coming back? They haven't said. He has openly, he has actually come out and has said, I'm totally up for another movie if y'all want to do it. But I've got a feeling they're not going to. The person, it's one of the writers or producers or something of Black Panther. Okay. That's going to be writing for Superman. <sighs> I don't know. But my... So that's you're talking how I about, feel about it too. Uh, yeah. Kind of exactly. But you talking about how it's just, it is an advertising blitz right now. So, like, I see, and this could be a, a function of who I follow on Twitter as well. Yeah. But I see Snyder Cut stuff everywhere. And on Twitch, where I am, I mean, I broadcast multiple days a week. And when I'm not broadcasting, I try to watch my friends. Because I have a lot of friends who stream now. And it is, I'm lambasted with every ad, essentially, is some type of Snyder Cut ad. And I want to love this movie more than most people. And even I'm like, my I have a theory of something that advertises so much. At a certain point, you don't believe in your product to advertise itself. You got it. You nailed so, it. <laughs> that has, it, it is trending to be my worry more than what if this is bad? Yep. It's going to be, what if this is really bad? Yeah, there's, there's a, a true history there of if something is over-advertised so much, thrown in your face so much, it's true. Usually that means that it's really not very good, and they're just trying to hype it up as much as possible. Yeah, I agree. Now, at the same time, I will say, it could also be kind of this, hey, this is something new. Something new is coming out that we haven't seen in five years. (laughs) So it could also be that. Yeah. To be fair. I feel like you could grassroots that more effectively than, you know, every three, like every three scrolls. When you're reading through Twitter, it was like, oh, there's a promoted tweet about the Snyder Cut. Or here are ads for it in between, like, Facebook videos or on YouTube. And it's like, word of mouth, grassroots advertising goes way further than what we're talking about here. Because what we're talking about here is advertising to the detriment of the product. Right. And it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter for you and me. Because we're probably watching this anyway. Oh, yeah. I'm going to watch it anyway. But for for the... 
I don't want to, how do, how do I say this and not be gatekeeping, but for like normal people who don't exist in this world as much as we do, I imagine that is a turnoff. Yeah. It'll be confusing for sure. Because if if you watch the movies, I mean, I'm sure people will be like, now, wait a minute. I thought this movie ended a lot differently. <laughs> I thought this movie ended a lot five years ago, Lee. Yes. Like, well, yes. then you almost have to, like, well, actually, like, you almost have to well actually somebody to explain <laughs> the concept of this movie. You do. You do. This is a separate, this is the snack, the the Zack Snyder universe. <laughs> the Snack Zyder universe? Oh, the he Snack Zyder. <laughs> that will be his name on this show from now on. The Snack Zyder. Now, I know you're a fan of Harry Potter. More than some, less than others. Movies are pretty good. Not bad. I have only seen one through eight. I have not delved into Fantastic Beasts at all. Probably for the best. <laughs> but the Rowling, JK Rowling, <sighs> she also decided to continue the Harry Potter series in a play called The Cursed Child. And little, little on the nose is, there with the title. There is evidence to support that Warner Brothers is going to be making a movie of <sighs> this play. We can talk about this another time. In fact, I think you and I should get into the Harry Potter topic sometime because I have a lot of personal theories about the Harry Potter series in general. But I'm a little tired of it at this point. It was good. It had its time. Time to drop it. In some ways, I very much agree with you. Because I I haven't read anything other than 1 through 7. So I haven't read... I know it was a big deal when Rowling released Casual Vacancy. Her, her big non-Harry Potter novel. It was an even bigger deal when Cursed Child came out. But I haven't read either of those. I have no real desire to read either of those. My Harry Potter universe, if you will, is contained within those seven books. And if you can find ways inside of that to create content, then I'm all for it. In the sense of like, <clears throat> like Hogwarts Legacy. That's a game that is getting a lot of buzz, and I feel like people are really excited about it because a good Harry Potter video game hasn't really existed. No. There have been there there were games and they were decent. They were serviceable. There were Lego games, which Lego games have a very I would say Lego games have a high floor but a low ceiling. You know what you're gonna get from a Lego game. And they released the the Pokemon Go Harry Potter edition not too long ago. Which, to me, was an incredible concept, but convoluted. It was too confusing. There were too many moving parts and things you had to do. 
And if you're into it, if you're someone who travels a lot, even around your city, then you pro- it's probably something you would really enjoy. I'm notoriously a homebody, so that game was not for me. I would be more interested in retellings of the the canonical plot from other perspectives. I agree. I would also settle for her saying, hey, I'm going to release a series about Harry Potter's dad. Or I'm going to release a series about Dumbledore when he was growing up. Or I would, I'll release a series even further back. Like, she could go back thousands of years and do, the, like... The heads of houses. Right. Like, I would be okay with that. I think that'd be really cool. I mean, that that would be a background that would be very much, like, very interesting. I mean, in a, in a sense, is that not what they're doing with Game of Thrones? Doing it in origin series... That's right. Outside of the established canon. That's right. So stuff like that, that works. And that's very smart. But at this point, I feel like she's just beating a dead horse. There's just nothing left. Yeah. And I'm very... If you're listening to this podcast, I'm very disappointed in you. Ah uh, yes. I'll if we have it. if we have the celebrity listener, let me just insult you real quick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Come at me. <laughs> oh man. I'll put my Instagram stuff here at the end, so just stay tuned. Yeah, listen to the whole episode and don't skip to the end for our social media information. <laughs> well, I think that's it for news. Unless you had anything else? I don't think so. I think I'm ready to dive into the featured review of the episode, which is... WandaVision. The WandaVision final episode of this season, which is somewhat ominously titled Series Finale. Which we had said, we were like, this is probably going to be the series finale. Yeah, they went ahead and named it that, so there you go. And from a from a tone perspective, that the name naming the episode that fits within the tone of the season. It does. Because this the episode started, they were sitcom themed, but then after that they got a little meta and they were, you know, previously on I think previously on was a title or you know where there were there are other catchphrases please excuse this interruption yeah that's what I, I couldn't come up with that one to save my life thank you so much you're welcome but they were it was all meta and to call it series finale plays into the sitcom nature and just the the production i i air quoted for an audio podcast i want to get that on record just the production Noted. aspect of of how the show has gone. And when I saw it was called series finale, I was like, eh, it is it is Cause we'll get into this later in our, in our review, but there was no real way to do anything 
for a season two of this. No, not at all. It definitely, you know, they had been saying since, well, really before it even aired, they said that this was a direct tie-in, a direct lead-in to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And 100% it is. When it ends, you're like, okay, that really is the only direction that they can go from there. I feel like the the timing of it now makes me more sad about everything being delayed and pushed back with COVID. Because with this being a direct lead into Multiverse of Madness, that doesn't come out for another calendar year. Yeah. It is. So we talked earlier about Black Widow being scheduled for the, the, the blockbuster weekend, which is the first weekend in May. The first weekend in May 2022, I believe, is when Doctor Strange is scheduled to release. So I'm going to have to re-watch WandaVision before I see that movie. And luckily, at that time, I'll be able to binge it and not wait for one episode every week. Because that is right. tedious. As soon as it pops up and says, please stand by, you can say, nope. I will not. I will skip on to the next episode. I will stand by the fridge while I'm getting a snack, and then I will start the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) So this episode was a tad bit longer. By a tad bit, I mean five minutes. (laughs) We... We had said beforehand, we said, yeah, probably an hour and a half, I think is what we were saying. I think for sure we said definitely nothing less than an hour, but it was 50 minutes. Yep. Son of a bitch. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. The the thing that's so entertaining about how short this episode was compared to how long I wanted it to be. They wrapped up everything fairly well. I mean, it was, it was, it it was a well orchestrated, like well choreographed dance. What we saw in that last episode. I mean, everything landed exactly the way that it needed to. To wrap everything up. Well. I mean. In a way. For the, for the most part. Yeah. For the series anyway. I thought the pacing of it was very good. I'm I'm trying to pull up a. Well first off synopsis. it starts out. I mean. It really does. It, it, it picks up. Immediately. Where the last episode ended. Like, it does not skip at all. Like, you honestly could line them up, and it would just feel like the same continuous... Huh. We're getting a lot of gnats in here. Where are they coming from? It's kind of weird. I I have flypaper I could ship you, but it would take a second. Anyway, the so it just continues right in. She's fighting Agnes and or Agnes, Agatha. Or I mean was it Agnes? Ag- Agatha Harkness is the actual character. Agnes was her 
persona inside of the hex. That's right. So she she starts fighting her immediately. She's got the boys trapped and starts fighting. We find out that her power is that she absorbs magic from other magical beings. That's Agatha's power. I think one um, one of it is an ability that one she has. of right. And then we get the white vision comes in, and of course, at first, Wanda's like vision, and then it was and not. Then He's not. He tries to kill her, he, he which about, was upsetting. She about got Oberyn martelled. Yes, she did. Which, spoiler alert for a different critically acclaimed show. Yes. <laughs> you know, I have yet to watch that scene of Game of Thrones. Just because of how grotesque I'm sure it is. Oh yes, it is. Like, I'm, I'm content. I can confirm for you okay. that... It is not something you want to watch. I believe you. So anyway, all that to say, White Vision is... Clearly controlled by sword. Yes. And attacking Wanda when re- regular Vision? Real Vision? I don't know what to... I don't know what to Imaginary call Imaginary Vision? Yeah. Wand- Wanda's Vision? Blurred Vision? <laughs> Needs to see an optometrist Vision? But when when the vision that we've been experiencing for the rest of the season appears after, I mean, where where even was he? He was just like still talking to Darcy, I guess. I don't know. Maybe because he's a fake vision, we should call him Mirage. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> oh man, I was not I was not prepared for a banger right there. So they they start duking it out, and to be it was pretty cool. That honestly, that was very enjoyable because it was like one part fight scene, two part philosophical debate, which was very yeah. interesting. Yeah, it was very much how Vision would fight himself. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, which one of the Visions was self aware. And he knew, like, ah, this is exactly what I would do to defeat myself. And he did. But I just want to point out how much of a troll Paul Bettany is. And I love it. Because in the wake of Mandalorian Season 2 and its series finale paradigm-altering cameo, which, spoiler alert, it's Luke Skywalker shows up in Mandalorian Season 2. In the in the wake of that cameo, that finale, all of that, Paul Bettany, in the lead up to the WandaVision series finale, said, I'm so excited to work with an actor that I've wanted to work with my entire life. <laughs> and that jerk <laughs> and it was, was talking himself. about himself. <laughs> he worked with himself. That's pretty funny. Ah, Clever was, guy. I was so impressed and then so upset all in the same moment. 
<laughs> it was like I feel like it would be like if your kid drew like just this masterpiece art on the wall, and you'd be like, "Well, I wish you had done that on paper, so I could frame it or put it on the fridge or something." But I have to clean this off, so. Yeah. So the the visions are fighting each other. The witches are fighting each other. Who are the other moving pieces in this? Uh, yes. All of the sword agents. And the children. The two boys who have superpowers are, like, cornered in the town square by sword agents. And they hold their own for a little bit. Because they have superpowers. But so this was honestly the most upsetting part of this of this episode. The sword director drives up, pulls out his handgun, points it at these two children, and pulls the trigger. Yeah. So, to be fair, they weren't real. How is he how is he gonna know that though? Like how can he know? Because even me sitting sitting in my chair here where I watched every episode, I was never sure if Billy and Tommy were products of the Hex or if Wanda manipulated reality enough, in a sense, to genuinely create them. I was, right. I was not sure. That's true, yeah. So, Good and, question. I mean, he didn't know that, right? Because all the other residents of Westview were real people. They had lives. They had families. Probably, I mean, not everybody due to statistics. But they all had stuff going before Wanda interrupted their lives. And this guy pulls out a handgun and shoots at these children. And I say shoots at these children because Monica... flies in does she fly or does she just kind of appear she kind of just appears okay and she stands in front of the kids he pulls the trigger the bullets hit her but they go through her and drop on the ground right behind her because one of her powers which she now has having gone through the hex back and forth and back and forth and back and forth is she manipulates energy so that's why when she entered the hex the last time, why she had that funny vision, because she saw the energy. So she she sapped the kinetic energy out of the bullets, which is why they were able to just drop behind her. Except for one, which she missed, and I, for the life of me, couldn't tell you which kid it was, the psychic one grabbed the bullet similar to his canonical grandfather Magneto and then just dropped it and she was like cool trick and he's like I like yours too <laughs> and then what happens the the sword director tries to get back in his Hummer and Darcy just runs him over yeah she hits him with the with the funnel with cake the, truck uh, with the funnel cake truck, yeah. Those poor funnel cakes, man. They never stood a chance. 
Yeah, that was pretty funny. And uh, so he stopped. And so in the meantime, Agatha and Wanda are fighting, you know, and also Wanda had a incident with all the townsfolk because they were finally awakened. And, you know, Agatha is actually doing a really good job in this episode, really trying to make Wanda feel like that she's the villain, trying to make her feel like that she's the bad guy. She's the one who ruined these people's lives and all this other stuff. So the people of the town wake up and, and Wanda's like, all of you get out and like breaks down the hex walls so that they can all run away. And, and then her and Agatha start fighting and Agatha has this giant black book from the restricted section from Hogwarts and has to, she's got all these spells and stuff, but she starts talking about, you know, we get more information about the Scarlet Witch. Who is the Scarlet Witch? What is the Scarlet Witch? And it's a witch who is able to learn magic without being taught and she just she doesn't have to speak in in incantations there we go and but then she starts absorbing wanda's energy and it's kind of turning her into this purple mummified thing and the the exchange of that is as wanda loses power she becomes the the terminology in my head right now is a decrepit husk Yes. That's probably a good description. And so they're they're flying up, you know, into the sky and Agatha's like throwing all these different things at her. They're throwing things back and forth and Wanda finally decides, "Hey, you want all this power? Fine, take it." And so starts throwing all her magic at her she starts absorbing it all but then the interesting thing is that all that throwing around of the magic and stuff she was she had remembered the runes in the basement of the of agatha's house and caused the runes to form in the hex well whoever cast the runes that any any other witch in that area can no longer use her magic. And so Agatha is then powerless, and Wanda absorbs everything. And she's got a little crowned thing on her head, and she becomes fully the Scarlet Witch. Is that the moment where they debut the costume? Yeah. I would like to say... That costume is incredible. It looks so good. I'll tell you what it, it reminds does. me of, though, because I was reading today about how Elizabeth Olsen was actually consulted in the design process. Huh. Cool. She she remarked about how her character has considerably more cleavage than other Marvel, other female Marvel heroes. And she just, you know, wasn't really a, a, a huge fan of that. So 
they brought her in for the design process. And I imagine she was like, you know, I want to be able to do this. I have to do these types of stunts. I want, I want to think actors do their own stunts. I know they don't, but let me indulge, like indulge me. (laughs) So they made it practical and they made it look so good. And it has the headdress, the traditional Scarlet Witch headdress. And I'll tell you what, after my initial thought of, holy cow, this looks really cool. I went to immediately, like, she looks like Hawkeye with sleeves. She does. From yeah. from the, the first Avengers movie. It's like, there's a lot of similarities here. Which I feel like kind of, it might not have been intended. It might not even be a thing. I might be completely reading into it. But I feel like that plays into the relationship that they have in Civil War. Because they were much closer than than she and anyone else other than Vision. Could be. I could see that. So that's my weird fan thought I haven't seen anyone else post about, but I know I'm not the first one. And then something else that needs to be talked about or shared is how Vision has his fight with Mirage and and they they end up in the library appropriately and start having this theological debate on what is life what is originality what is you know if you take something i can't even remember the whole so it conversation. was the, do you remember it was centered around the logic debate of Theseus's ship. And I don't understand it super well, but kind of kind of what Jay is is getting at with it is if you have the original but you restore it or you you rehabilitate it in some other way, is it the original? Or if you have the original and you take it piece by piece by piece by piece and make a duplicate, is the duplicate the original? And Vision, White White Vision and Mirage are having this debate because White Vision's primary purpose in this moment is to destroy the Vision. So what Mirage does is use a logic argument to convince him that he is the vision because Mirage knows that's all he is, is a Mirage. He's self-aware to the point to know he does not exist. Whereas White Vision clearly exists. And he let the the two of them have this moment where Vision, Mirage, unlocks the memories of the actual Vision, which neither of them are, to give white vision this self-awareness and this context for who he is supposed to be. So he, he flies straight up. He pieces out of the entire episode and his fate is kind of up in the air because literally he, I like it. You you (laughs) caught it, but he, his primary purpose had been destroy the vision 
and he flies off in haste when he realizes he is the vision. Yeah, his eyes change back to that almost human. Yeah, that freaked me out, I'll be honest. Look, because they were very robotic before. And then his his eyes turn back to almost a human look. And then he says, I am the vision. And then he takes off. So I definitely think we have not seen the last of him, though. I'm, I'm confident of that. I don't know in what context we would see him because he doesn't make much sense to show up in Multiverse of Madness, but he will be in something. He will. And then, unlike other episodes of this series, the series finale has both a mid and post credit scene. Well, hold on. Don't jump too quick, because we also do need to J- recognize... Have you met me? I don't jump quick at all. <laughs> we also need to recognize that Wanda takes the time to take her family back to her imaginary house, essentially. And she tucks the kids in and thanks them for choosing her to be their mom. And then he she takes Vision downstairs and they have a moment together. And Vision is like, you know, this is not our first time saying goodbye and then Wanda's like so we'll say hello again and then you know the, all this time what's happening is is the hex is closing in and is about to be no more and so then everything just kind of disappears and she has her moment of peace and just slowly walks away in the midst of this cleanup a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent walks up to Monica and goes, hey, the briefing for you in the theater. And Monica's like, oh, okay, whatever. We're still operating under normal parameters, even though I have superpowers now. (laughs) And she walks in the theater with solely this other S.W.O.R.D. agent. There's no one there. There is no briefing. The S.W.O.R.D. agent is a Skrull from... A, a species we were introduced to in Captain Marvel. And the scroll basically says, I have a message from a friend of your mother's. And he wants to meet with you. No, he said he heard you were grounded. I think that was the line. Yeah. And she go and Monica goes, Oh, well, where, where are we meeting? And the scroll just points up implying space. And my question is, Is she referring to Nick Fury, who, as was established in the Far From Home post credit scene, is in space with the Skrulls? Or are they talking about the leader of the Skrulls themselves? What was his name? Like Talos or something? Yeah, I I don't remember. So the common thought is it's Fury, and it's leading into Secret Invasion. Which is a a Marvel plot where I want to say it was Skrulls. It might be Kree had been secretly invading Earth and posing as famous people or people who would become 
famous later to these positions of power and then they use that influence to plot some type of planetary over overthrow i don't know i'm largely unfamiliar with the plot but i think that's the gist of it and that's i think that's going to be a disney plus show secret invasion i'm not a hundred percent on that it's either going to be a show or it's going to be a movie okay so but yes that is the direction they're going with her and then we have the final scene after the credits and we get to see where wanda has ended up and she's in a beautiful cabin in what appears to be the maybe swiss alps possibly my, or my first thought was canadian rockies canadian but rockies given could be her her eastern european background i could see it being really any notable mountain range in europe as well yeah maybe she'll run into wolverine in the canadian rockies i mean she would win canonically oh definitely so that would be something but yeah so we see her on the front porch of this cabin or so we think and then it goes into the back room and there she is in her Scarlet Witch get up and she's got the black book that Agatha had and she's going through it and is reading it and she's just surrounded by this scarlet aura of magic and then you hear in the background very lightly you hear two distinct kid voices yelling for their mom to come and help them and it's billy and tommy so they exist somewhere and she's going to destroy the multiverse to find them she might be the villain of multiverse of madness agatha may have been right i i'm very excited still intimidated but excited for that movie and what what she's doing only one other character we have seen well i mean i think we've seen other characters do it but one character famously has done that astral projection to separate the what would you get the the spiritual the magical from the physical and that is mr i guess dr stephen strange that's right so that is she went from being incredibly raw and untrained to being able to do this precise and somewhat advanced skill in like a week she is one powerful witch yes and so the the book that originally agatha had and that ends the series with scarlet witch reading has actually been a bit uh, a point of contention among continuity fans because I forget the name of the book, but it as an entity had been addressed in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Runaways, which is the ABC show. And what was Runaways on? Like ABC Family Hulu? or something? Hulu? Some like place I didn't watch it. I'll be honest with you. I never watched an episode. But from my understanding, in those two shows, 
It had the same design. It was the same book. It had the same expectations. And in WandaVision, it's a completely different design. So, again, the thought is, from a continuity standpoint, poof. Those shows are gone. Which... Interesting. I mean, specifically with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I feel like Marvel had kind of always acted like that. Yeah. It was like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. exists, but it's separate, kind of like the Netflix shows. Yeah. So I guess it's just more cemented now with that, that you wouldn't think about it as a casual observer, but for like super fans like us, I don't, I mean, we're not even really super fans. We're just talking heads, (laughs) but I mean, it's, it's just something to, to be aware of and to address because I mean, it's an interesting creative decision that didn't have to be made. Yeah, but it is good to know, though, that those shows are no longer canon, which I think had been a question for a lot of people for a while, and so that just kind of put that to rest. They're kind of ignoring those things, which a lot of us kind of expected anyway. But yeah, so overall, pretty good episode. I think we should rate the episode first i will give on we're just just straight one to ten yeah as as a standalone no other context episode i think it's probably a seven but given its context as not only a season finale but ultimately a series finale it bumps it up to at least an eight and a half for me because it wraps things up cleanly. The loose ends it leaves, it leaves deliberately. And it it functions as a lead-in to other properties. So it, it serves its function very well as the unplanned but ultimate first Disney Plus released show. I am going to give it a... 7 out of 10 as well because of a lot of the same reasons. I'm not going to rate it higher though because honestly I thought that it was a little disappointing in how short it was. I was wanting something a lot more just just a lot longer honestly is what I was really craving and that didn't happen. So yeah, so I give it a 7. That's fair. And yeah. ultimately, in retrospect, being able to look back at the series as a whole, I expected more Monica. She was ultimately a... I wouldn't... I mean, she was the most important minor character, but she was a very minor character. Yeah. Oh, you know, something else we didn't mention, too is our our Quicksilver that we have. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. Now, a lot of people are saying they were disappointed because they were saying, oh man, that was just like a, a tease. Because what we find out is the Quicksilver 
wasn't anything. It wasn't Quicksilver was at all. Just it was a, just a some dude named Ralph. Yeah. So when just when a, Agnes when Agnes kid. would talk about her husband Ralph, who was always in the house, and you never met the husband Ralph, she was alluding to the Evan Peters character, who just happened to live in the house next to where Wanda's plot was or her lot was or or something that i suggested to somebody else that i talked to about this is is that just the name of this character that was or is that just the name that was given to him by wanda's imaginary world and it really was quicksilver I don't know that I've heard that theory posited anywhere. So it really could have been Quicksilver from our X-Men series. But it just, because he was, he just fell victim to the hex. And that was the backstory that was given to him. So that could also be a possibility. I want you to be right. So bad. <laughs> so, because I just, I don't know, I feel like that was either Disney just kind of laughing at us, or there is something there. And I, I would like to think that Disney had a plan the whole time. Yeah. And then it wasn't just a... Hey, this is just fan service, right? Just that that fan service that we talked about with Mandalorian. Like, I hope it wasn't just that. I hope it was what we were hoping for. Yeah. Another thing that that you... Time will tell. Another thing that you reminded me to talk about is I actually watched this episode on my lunch break at work. Meg had just so generously stopped by and dropped off lunch for me. So I I hadn't brought anything and I was about to go out and get some and Meg was like, "Hey, if I, you know, if I bring you lunch, will you eat it?" And I was like, "Obviously." So she brought me lunch and I ate it in my car and I watched this episode. And I was talking with some of my coworkers and one of them said, "The rumor is alluding to Mandalorian season 2." The rumor is this episode features a Luke Skywalker type cameo. Someone of that importance, that screen presence, and that never happened. Uh Uh-uh. So if you go in, I mean, obviously at this point, if you go into this episode to watch it for the first time, we've completely ruined it for you. (laughs) But if you had gone into this episode with the same expectation from Mandalorian, considering it was the previous Disney Plus show to have had a series finale, you would be incredibly disappointed by the fact that there was not that level of cameo. I think that's fair to say. I think that's very fair to say, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and rate the series. 
Oh, this is going to be tricky. This is tricky. I I think most people are going to be disappointed with my rating. I think this show gives Wanda incredible context. Because previous to this, you never really learn anything about her life before, what was it, the Winter Soldier post-credit scene? Yep. And even after that, you, you never... Like, that is where her MCU story started up until this show. It it had some hits, it had some misses. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I don't have a strong emotional attachment to any of the characters more so than I had before. So, for me, I'm going to give the show itself like a 7. It's good. It's watchable. I would recommend it to people. But it, I'm not like like texting my friends saying, "Have you watched this yet? You need to. It's like life altering." It's not. I I am actually going to give this the series as a whole a 5 out of 10. And the only reason I'm actually going to even rate it that high is because I felt like it really expanded more on the character of Wanda and really built her up into the comic book character that we know. She, you know, now we have a full idea of her powers and what she can do and the damage she can do. But really, other than that, I felt like the show itself... As much as I enjoyed it, and as much as I, you know, love to see a Marvel TV show that's based on the MCU, I felt like it was a little pointless. I was going to say honestly, safe. It felt safe. I, it felt like, hey, we're going to do a show, but we're just going to start with this I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. It was one of those things where I thought, you know, they could have just done a movie. I mean, I it would have been... You would have it, had it, to You work. would have had to have changed it a lot. But yeah, so, I, you know, we got some explanations for some stuff and got some things. You know, we know what direction they're going now with, with Wanda. the movies anyway. Yeah. But other than that, I I don't know. It's just, I didn't really care for it. I think context of that is going to be very important. And I want to follow up with you on that specific opinion when Falcon and Winter Soldier finishes season one. Because okay. originally, Falcon and Winter Soldier was the first show to release. And then it wasn't. So I'm interested to see if Falcon the Winter Soldier is better or worse. And if it would have been a better flagship show for, for the Disney plus Marvel shows. Because I'll be honest with you, 
this is a character I have an emotional attachment to. Bucky is my favorite MCU character. I think he's even just past the MCU. I think he's my favorite Marvel character in general. And they've said tonally, this show is going to have a very similar tone to the Winter Soldier movie, which is, I mean, it's a comic, it's a movie with comic book characters, but at its core, it is a political thriller, which is a very compelling movie to watch, in my opinion. So it as a show, I'm very excited for, but unlike WandaVision, in my opinion, this has multi-season potential. So, I'm very excited for the next show. Me too. And we don't have much longer to wait. Yes, I'm so excited. Yes! Well, John, I think we've just about said all we can say about that. Probably so why true. don't we wrap up with a quick how to get in touch with us. And then we'll let these poor folks get on with their lives. <laughs> <laughs> these poor folks who we appreciate very much, unless you're JK Rowling and you waited this entire time just to listen to our social media handle so you know where to so you know where to find us online. Just a callback to earlier in the show in case you actually skipped to the end to listen to this. <laughs> so on Facebook, you can reach out to us on our Facebook page. It's just facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. You can reach out to us on our posts. You can DM us. You Are there other ways to reach out on Facebook? Like, no, like that's pretty much it. Like our page, share us with your friends. Cause, yeah, you can comment on a post. Yeah. yeah. You could start a non-relevant debate on one of our things. It'll be great for our analytics. Then you can reach out. If you don't, if you don't Facebook, I know there are people who don't. You can shoot us an email. Just they didn't ask us. No punctuation, no spaces. They didn't ask us at gmail.com. And I've been monitoring the inbox, and we've been getting a lot of emails from WordPress. Jay, do we have a website? I am in the process of developing us a website from WordPress. So yes, we will have a website Ooh. eventually. I'm still working Ooh. on it. Something to look forward to for all of us, including me. <laughs> <laughs> and then for our... The show is on Instagram. It is... You had to shorten this one, didn't you? Or is it still just they didn't no. ask us? They didn't ask us, yeah. Okay. Since I, even personally, am not on Instagram, I'm thinking about it. I've considered it for a hot second, and I just haven't pulled the trigger on it yet do it that that account is going to be largely jay unless i get my situation together i almost said a different word unless i get my situation together and i i wheel up an instagram account of my own and jay is also on instagram with his personal account is it the nerd is underscore in that's right yes. ordinarily i'm not a fan of underscores but this one has a purpose so you can reach out to him or listen to our previous episodes to figure out what purpose that underscore serves. And then, as always, you can find me uh, on Twitch and Twitter, jmuller8332, keeping the brand consistent. That's it. Keeping the brand consistent. 
Well, thank you so much, guys. It was so good to have you back, and uh, I hope you enjoyed our review of WandaVision. We've been kind of going over it episode by episode, but just finished up the series finale. Got Falcon and Winter Soldier starting up next week. Is that right? Yep. Next. Oh well, my goodness. For, for us recording, well, it I is guess... next week. But right. If you listen to the, this, if you listen to this episode the day it comes out, it is this coming Friday. Oh snap! I'm looking. I keep uh, looking, looking to the left to of me over here, and I have the the Bucky Funko Pop for Falcon and Winter Soldier. I've already purchased it. I'm very excited. Fantastic. He's a bobblehead. He's silly looking. I'm here for it. Well, we are going to be reviewing some of that next, and we've actually got some movies that are going to be coming out soon. We will post on our Facebook page and Instagram on what we will be reviewing next, so stick to those so that you can get an update before it happens. But until we meet again, nerd out. Thank you for listening to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we would love to hear from you. You can reach the show by email at theydidn'taskus at gmail.com. Whether you just discovered our podcast or have been a longtime listener, if you enjoy what we are doing, please take a moment after the show, give us a review, and also give us a rating. Tune in next time to hear more random nerdy thoughts and opinions from your new favorite podcast.